very chilled surfer dude winemaker. South Africa is the oldest of the New World wine countries. Does that make sense? Well, it will. In this conversation with Martin Carmbley of Planet Wines, who imports more wine from South Africa than anyone else. So I asked him to take us on a tour of that wine nation in just four wines. Here's Martin. Okay, the first wine is the Ali Badenhorst Secateurs Chenin Blanc from the Swartland region. So Secateurs, as in, I, yep, would, yep. I was out in, in the garden and I'm That's clipping it. up and some stuff. I'm you harvesting. nearly cut your finger off. Yes, yes, yes. 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 All right, Secateurs Chenin, yep. yes. White wine, yep. So Chenin is the most planted white grape variety in South Africa, and South Africa has more Chenin planted than any other country in the world. And one of the main reasons is that Shannon crops really well, so it carries a lot of fruit if you if you allow it to do that. And brandy is the largest brown spirit in South Africa, so a bit like Uni Blanc in uh, in cotton in in the cognac region. Uh, it crops really well. What you want is that, and then you ferment that, and then you distill that, and then age it in oak, and there you go. And that's what's happening in South Africa. So there's a bit of a joke around. The one liter, two liter, and three liter in South Africa, where a liter of brandy, two liters of coke, and a three liter Cortina with the orange on the aerial. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, uh, the great thing with with Chenin Blanc is incredibly diverse in what you can do with it. Everything from method sparkling wine all the way through to stickies, dry wines, sweet wines, everything. You can make them quite lean, and you can make them really full bodied as well. So there's a whole big spectrum, and those are all being produced in South Africa as well. So this maker that you have chosen, Bardenhorst, yes. family wine. Yes. Why have you chosen this wine? Wow, that's a bit of a history. Um, right in the beginning, I would say, so this happened not by accident, but by recommendation from somebody who works in the industry here. And Adi Bardenhorst actually came to New Zealand to learn about winemaking in New Zealand as well, as he did around the, around the world, but before I got to New Zealand, so quite a long time ago. And Any, any idea where they... Adi, is that man, woman? Oh, no, he's a man. Okay. So it, it would be short he, for Adrian. Any idea where he did vintage? I think it was in Marlborough, and okay. I can't quite remember exactly. Cool. I think he may have been at Babbage as well. Mm-hmm. So initial foray, you know, when he was he's in his early 50s, I would say now, early foray into having a look around the world, making wine all over the world and discovering. He's a very, very much a people person as well. So uh, I think he actually hunkered down with one of the guys who owned, owned Wine Direct. He stayed with them and then they said, can't you bring in the secateurs? And it just carried on. Anyway, so um, yeah, and I, I went to, because I travel to South Africa every year. I still have, obviously have family there, but I also, from, from a business point of view, I go and visit wineries all the time. I went to visit Adi uh, in the Swartland region, which is about an hour north of Cape Town, full of old vine material up there. When so you say old vine, how old? We're talking anything, 60, 80, 100 year old vineyards. That's and old. predominantly, so a lot of Chenin Blanc, some uh, Spanish, some Portuguese, and Southern French grape varieties. Very, very little Cabernet or Merlot, anything like that, but very much the Sansor, Grenache, since. Um, and is that Syrah. true across all of Swartland? Yeah, 
right right across the board. And also what is and everything's bush vines up there as well because it gets quite warm up there. Um, so bush vines, everything's hand harvested up. Explain there as to well. me the link between warmth and bush vines. So if, if I take you to the La Mancha region, in the centre of Spain, which gets incredibly hot. Um, no, no, we're in South Africa. Yeah, I know that, but as, as a comparison. So, the, and those vineyards are really old as well. So when there's really, really hot climate, a very warm climate, the danger with trellising with wires and posts is that you're exposing the fruit to the sun. And actually what you don't, you don't want to be doing that. So you either use a pergola or you do bush vines because the bush vines actually grow in such a way that the fruit is actually covered or protected by both the vine and the leaves on the vine. And that way they, they get the warmth, but they don't get that sunstroke. They don't get sunburnt. Okay, so we're yeah. drinking a Shannon from bush vines that might be 60 plus years. 40, 60, 80 years old. Yes, okay. correct. And the character in the wine, how do I approach and enjoy this? Dry, full, lots of body. Yeah, I, 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 <clears throat> over the years, I actually think that is that this wine has actually come back a bit. In, it used to be much more fruity, a bit more bit more of a fruit salad and it's become a little bit leaner than it used to be it's a little bit more elegant than it used to be so in terms of palate shape i would say it's less round and it's a little bit longer and leaner than it used to be the alcohol let's have a quick look here is 13 13 and a half percent which actually it doesn't taste hot the alcohol is not apparent on this wine at all well 13 and a half is actually less than average when I was when I would even look at New Zealand so you look at New Zealand Pinot Noir for example you're talking 14 yeah, but this and a half is white, the time right yeah but still you're looking at Chardonnay's at 14 and a half percent alcohol as well 2021 would you say this is typical typical of the producer or typical of um Chenin Blanc just generally um, so, as I said earlier, on the diversity of this, the flexibility, if you like, of this uh, grape variety allows you to do anything you like. I import something from Ken Forrester, which is a, from Stellenbosch, which is a barrel fermented uh, Chenin Blanc, which is a totally different palate shape and much thicker. Like if you think of an oaky Chardonnay, for example, you're starting to head down, down that route. I would say that this is much more of a quaffing wine, um, good acid, especially really important the acid part of it which keeps it tight keeps it crisp crisp is i think is a really good descriptor with some lovely fruit notes some melon and honey notes on on the nose i reckon you're totally under selling it in in that context i think you've been quite rude to this wine in saying it's simply quaffing you might be comparing it to a big complex wine but for me with this I came across this wine at Ponsonby Road Bistro. You've probably had a listing there for years yep. with, with those guys who've consistently supported this wine, introduced me to it. Each vintage say to me, try this, try it again. Right? Ripper of a food wine, quite crowd-pleasing in terms of the Pinot Gris drinker, the Chardonnay drinker. Right? Yep. Yeah. I, how much is this? Retail is around 30 yep. just over $30. Good value drinking, enjoy that. Age, 
Like, and, and this, would you would you put this down or would you drink it in its youth? Because it's very approachable. I would drink it for another, I would keep it for another two or three years. It's made to be consumed over the first couple of years, most probably. There's nothing wrong. Chenin Blanc, again, ages really well as well. So Massively. I would say I'd be happy to keep it for five years, but then I'm not sure that I would actually choose this wine. I'd most probably choose one of his other Chenin's, single vineyard Chenin's, to, to do that with. Cool, thank you. Yeah. So the, the secateurs is a standard at which I can come at, drink early. Thank you, because I've, I've always assumed that Shannon's are going to need a few years on it, but this is appealing in the 21. Right, so you've started, for me, South African wine, I always think reds, right? That's always where I go, but you've got another white. I have another white, and it's another Chenin Blanc. This one is Thank from, you. from a vineyard that was planted in 1961. And so old, old again, right? Yeah. So we're talking, you know, sixty oh, years, six, 60 years old. And what, what I want to illustrate here is what is happening in the wine industry in South Africa. So immediately it, looking at the color on that, twenty twenty one, same vintage, but it's yes. got that. Um, I've had my vitamins this morning. Yes. Color yes. in, in yes. there, right? It's deeply colored. Okay. Yes. And if I look at the label, so the Secateur's fairly classical looking label and this Testalonga Baby Bandito, not at all. I mean, that's cool. There's a young kid on there, stable. it looks like a bit of graffiti art, right? It looks like Banksy has got hold of yep. something and done this. That doesn't look to me like the South African wine industry that I've seen. Yep. And that's where um, South Africa is that conundrum where on the one hand it's you know from 1659 they've been making wine over there and then you say well that's old world and then you say well hold on since 94 and you know when the new government came in things have really changed in South Africa and then new people coming into the wine industry not necessarily from a wine industry background saying hold on we are going to make something that's a little bit different so this is a if you like a natural wine or minimal intervention wine made by Craig Hawkins at Testalonga, again in Swartland, he's a little bit further north. Uh, he doesn't own any of his own vineyards, although he's recently planted something. Um, so he works with a whole lot of different vineyards um, all over the Western Cape. And so this has been on skins. So this is a skin contact white wine and hence the color hence as well, yes. So Chenin Blanc planted in 1961. Very and what happens with skin contact on the white wine, you may get a bit of oxidation, which again affects the color, but also what you get is tannins. You get real te well, texture. You definitely it. get that phenolic grip in this wine. What a, what a radical difference between the very clean, approachable, enjoyable, crowd-pleasing secateurs, Chenin, and then to this, which is an all, is it an orange wine? Are you going to call it an orange wine? Yeah, definitely. Wine? Okay, yeah. and yes. we'll talk about minimal and low intervention in a moment. This is not crowd pleasing. This is stop your conversation, pay attention, isn't it? Right. That that's Indeed. what the, this wine yes. is looking to be the center of attention. So when you say, what did you say? You said natural. You said low intervention, right? Where are your parameters for those terms, which can divide so many people? To me, 8,000 years ago, when the Georgians were first making wines, 
they obviously made natural wine, minimal intervention wine, because we had nothing to intervene with other than our hands and maybe our, our feet. So 40 bucks for this. So again, uh, Svartland, Destalonga, and what a lovely comparison too, thank you, of showing two different elements of the wine industry in South Africa. One which looks funky, tastes funky. One which is clean, right? And, and, and I would expect really consistent and, and in that more traditional style. So thank you. Although then I catch myself saying traditional, as you pointed out in Georgia 8,000 years ago, traditional is the lower intervention. Okay. Wine list legitimately influences where to dine or stay. Queenstown, the Rees Hotel, to my knowledge, without peer in New Zealand with its wine list that spans the globe, vintages, pricing and styles. Order in the True South restaurant or Bordeaux Lounge Bar. Yep, first growths are available, but it's not named for the French wine region. Instead, for the late Jules Bordeaux, no X, an eccentric mining era local the Rees Hotel and its world-class wine list are staunchly, proudly. Central Otago, sip history, savour locality, Queenstown. Like fine wine, beautiful, thrilling. The Rees Hotel, R-E-E-S. Completely forgot what my costume was. Oh, Swartland, tell me about the region. Okay, so uh, regions stretches from about an hour north of Cape Town, heading north for another two or three hours. Mountain range running north-south along the coastline. So inland, um, so where these vineyards are, most probably 20 or 30 k's inland from the sea. And one big factor for South Africa is the cold Benguela current, which comes from the South Pole. So even in the middle of summer, that water is around 17, 18 degrees. I've mates have gone and played rugby in oh, South Africa, yeah. right? They've gone over there, they've got a bit of a contract, they've got a bit of money there, and they're like, it is hot, but the water is freezing. Yeah. So what, Look at you grinning away, like you're loving that. Oh. Well, I, I went to university in Cape Town, so there's, there's a trick to getting used to the water. To look at these two wines, what you've given me is one that looks, and which we'll get to in a moment, like I'd expect a traditional wine brand to look. And this other one that we've got here is, it's a sketch drawing that looks like it's by a cartoonist of a telegraph pole with a bird on a wire, and it doesn't have a single word on the front label. What? So this is actually a beautiful segue into a farmer who has a hectare or two hectares of, of vineyard on his land, and somehow someone connected this winemaker, Duncan Savage, with a farmer most probably in that area, usually Afrikaans-speaking. And up in that area, there's a, there's a town called, the main town is called Ismamsbury. So, and they have the, they call it the Mamsbury Bray. So the rolling R in any R that they, they will, so Mamsbury. Um, so this farmer would have, they would have connected. Duncan would have said, look, I'm going to drive up. I'm going to, from Cape Town, I'm going to see, I want to come and check out this vineyard that you're talking about. So he stopped somewhere along the line, phoned the guy I'm up. I'm sorry, mate, but Savage? What a perfect last name to yeah. name your brand after yourself. <laughs> I thought Savage was, but no, it's his name. When it said, all it says on the back is 2016 Savage and, and then a, a few words, but I thought that was a brand. It's the guy's name. Was that his, was that his stage name? Did he make that up? No, no, that, that is right. who he okay. is. He's right. a very 
very chilled surfer dude winemaker. Right, so surfer dude winemaker yes. Duncan Savage. Yes. Turns up. Having got this phone call, comes to have a look. Well, he, he doesn't even make it there. So, base, and that's what this label what, is. A, the surf was too good? Label, label, well, potentially. <laughs> I think quite a lot of the winemakers over there would prefer to be surfing if, it, if they could earn money out of it. So, he phones a guy up and he says, Where I can't find you, where are you? And then, in, in, a, yeah, in, a, in the sort of proper English Afrikaans fashion, the guy Ah, just follow the line, man. And he, Duncan says, what do you mean? And he meant the telephone wire. So, um, and he, he did just follow the telephone. So on so the back label, hence it says the wine is called Follow the Line. Not a word on the front label. On the back, 2016 Savage, Follow the Line. Produced and bought by Duncan Savage, Spencer Road, Salt River, Cape Town. 13% alcohol. The blend? Sansor, Grenache, Syrah. Which are the famous grapes of... Is Sanso a Rhone grape? Yes. Okay, so that that's where we are. But this yeah, it's twenty six to pub and and yeah, this, the south of France, certainly. Uh, run with Sanso. Yes. Oh, Sanso, Grenache, Syrah, Carignan. So a whole lot of those Mouvet. grape varieties. Yeah, Mouvet were all planted up in that region. So here we are. And we've got Sanso, Grenache, Syrah. It's a twenty sixteen. Lowish alcohol. Yeah, lovely. Old vines. Quite, old, quite old. a developed colour. Here, here's a lesson that I've learned. 1690, you said? South African... 1659 was the first time wine was made in South Africa. And yet we consider it a new world. That's that's the discussion. Okay. The argument or the discussion. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So when you're saying old vines on here, we, we started with Shannon, with where they might have been 40, 60, whatever yep. years old. Here, any idea what this bloke had when he followed the line and found Again, how old? Again, we'll be 40, 50 years old. Okay. Yeah. And Duncan only owns one small plot of Syrah in, uh, down in, near Cape Town, and otherwise he sources grapes. He works on... So 2016, we're trying this now in 2023... Gosh, it's lovely. How expensive is this? Just under seventy dollars. It's pretty good for the money, isn't it? Goodness me. To me, that's drinking right now. It's drinking beautifully right now. Uh, and I would have no issue keeping this for another five or ten years as well. Okay, so let's talk about where it's gonna go in a minute, but where it is right now. It's not at primary fruit, soft, seductive, berries out. It's kind of like that grown-up wine. It's like an old friend, right? You get, you sit down, you don't need to go to the small talk. You just relax. You know each other's rough edges, so they've fallen away, and here we are. It, it's a grown-up. It's an elegant grown-up. It's not that big, chunky guy who's shouting the odds. This is this quietly spoken guy just who sits in the corner, is very confident, but also confident that people will just find out who he is. So... Beautiful balance of only 13% alcohol, good acid, nice developed fruit as well. Canon Cop Cadet Pinotage 2019, how much? Also just over 30, about 33, $34. And a gorgeous wine. And it's four years old and it's beautiful and drinkable. And I just like, 
I'm annoyed at that crap coming in that the supermarkets are serving. Am I being too rude calling it that? It it fills a place in in the supermarket uh, commercial equation, if you like. Yeah, 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 it, but I'm it's, talking about... And it has nothing to do with being South African. It's just a wine obiqua <clears throat> that you can buy at $6 on the shelf, or maybe Niederberg, which is actually a really good brand, or used to be a really good brand. Um, and there's some amazing Niederberg wines, but the ones we get here are $10, $12. And it's terrible. And they are not good. They're not good. Sorry, they're not good. But they give South Africa Thank you. I'm, I'm a bad reputation. They do. All right, so forget that. <coughs> do not buy South African wine at the supermarket, unless you want to have lemonade with it, in which case go ahead and we'll make it the, <laughs> the Andy Taylor tribute wine, which is good. Yeah. I love Pinotage, and I was very disappointed that Pinotage in New Zealand got ripped up so often the way it did. There's a couple of people who make beautiful Pinotage still in Aotearoa, and... And love you and keep making it, please. Um, why do I love Pinotage? Why, why, do, you, why do you love Pinotage? Because you, you must, to bring this in. I think that Pinotage you're talking about is the traditional style of Pinotage, which until maybe eight or ten years ago, everyone was making in South Africa. So it's evolved since then. So the parents are Pinot Noir and Sanso. And a Dr. Peril in the 1920s, he um, worked for the University of Stellenbosch and he was sent overseas to Europe to research uh, vines. And as you can imagine in those days, Pinot Noir in the Cape, Pinot Noir needs a cool climate. It was too warm. It didn't do very well. But everyone loved Pinot Noir, so what do we do? What, what he did is he crossed Pinot Noir and Sansor. Sansor from the south of France handles the hot climate really well. And so he crossed the two, but nothing happened until he died. And then the university came, saw his little experimental vineyard in Stellenbosch behind his home, and they found these, all these different vines that he had. And 1959 was the first time a Pinotage was actually made under, with the name Pinotage on it, Landsrack Pinotage. And that's it. And then the history from there uh, is made. So Canoncop, the one we're drinking, uh, that winery is one of the preeminent Pinotage producers. And they and now, and now we're in Stellenbosch. Yes, so we're in Stellenbosch. Is that the biggest wine region of South Africa? It's it's seventeen percent of oh. the vineyard. So it's not it's not like Marlborough, which is sort of seventy percent of New Zealand. No, it's nothing like that. It's much more spread throughout the Western Cape. Big but man. it's it's the it's the best-known wine region, also because of its tourism and its proximity to Cape Town. Okay. So, yeah, so this is the more traditional style. So this is actually, uh, uh, again, bush vines in Stellenbosch, picked, hand-picked, uh, fermented and open-topped concrete fermenters, fairly traditional way of making this, and then uh, put into French oak, no American oak for this one. Um wouldn't be new oak, though, I wouldn't have thought. There may much. be a small bit of yeah, new not oak, much, but not right? generally not. No, this the, is not an oak-predominant wine. This is an no. elegant, yep. forward-drinking... Okay, no, it's now four years old, so it's had some maturity, but gosh, that's delicious. And it doesn't have a lot of present oak. It has fruit and lift and... Before, it has earthiness and leather going on, those two secondary and tertiary characters. Mm, but it's a very well-cleaned-out bondage cage. Isn't it? It's it's not it's not one that's no no it's not dirty at all no. no no no. 
And then what's happened just very quickly with Pinotage is some people have now said, hold on, one of the parents is Pinot Noir. We're going to treat this much more like a Pinot Noir. Um, pick it at an, at an earlier stage, lower alcohols, lighter color, et cetera, et cetera. So there's what's happened with Pinotage. It actually split South African winemaking. I bet. Uh, as in people said, well, it's, sure. it's a made-up grape variety. We're not going to do anything with this. And then other people say, hold on, it's our South African grape variety. We love this. Let's do something with it. So it's our, you know, it's our little signboard that we walk around with. Like when truth we go and to reconciliation, right? Yeah. We've actually done this brilliantly. Let's carry this on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. It, it, it divides people in South Africa as it does around the world. How can it divide people? It's delightful. For 30 bucks, that is a terrific bottle of wine that doesn't taste like anything else that we're going to... Do we need to run through what the flavours of, of Pinotage are meant to be, or or shall I just tell you what I think? No, you tell me what. I love, okay. Um, to me, what I get with Pinotage, and, and this is actually a very elegant example of a Pinotage for me, but it has the character. I always think about um, those, you know, you get peanuts with the skins on, not the shell yeah, still yeah, on, yeah, but the skins yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. always think oh, wow. of that little element in Pinotage, and I love it. I, and it's that thing between when you've had that, and there's just enough of that skin of the peanut in there, not enough to annoy you and get it caught in the gap between your teeth, but enough to go, oh, that's better than the peanuts without the skin on it. I get smoky baking, baking characters. Just have a little smell. No. I worked, on a, I worked on a farm. I looked after pigs. <laughs> they are smarter than the dumbest dog. Sorry, the dumbest pig is smarter than the smartest dog I've ever met. I will not eat bacon. I will not find anything about a bacon. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go ahead. But it's a good flavor. <laughs> it's a good flavor. Okay. But dark, dark black fruit as well. Brambles. I still like them. The I well, do too. The well-washed leather, that conversation. Thank you. How do we conclude this? That's a little tour of South Africa. We need... Yeah. to do more. Um, Martin Carby, Planet Wine, you import more a diversity of wine from all around the world. I'd like to do Uruguay with you at some point. because. But thank you for bringing South African wines to Aotearoa and moving me beyond those things in the supermarket that were appalling and are still offensive and please don't buy them. What's your last pitch in terms of saying, if I've got somewhere between 30 and 70 bucks to spend, why would I spend it on South African wine? South Africa is a country of immense diversity, whether it is in its people with 16, 17 different languages, actual actual languages of the nation spoken, um, different races, different everything, and diversity. I think that diversity definitely flows across to the terroir of South Africa, whether it's uh, cooler climate regions, warmer climate regions, lots of different mountains and whatever, and then that flows into the diversity of grapes as well and winemakers from different backgrounds, more and more female winemakers, more and more black and, and non-white winemakers coming in the, into the industry. <clears throat> and that diversity is what is the exciting part about South Africa. 
and they are very lucky. They have this amazing wealth of vineyards and old vineyards in that country that they can work with and play with. That was a whirlwind tour of South Africa in just four glasses of wine. If there are regions, countries that you think we really should focus on or anything in the world of wine, then become part of the Full of It community through Patreon. You can contribute financially, which would be great, or just with some ideas. If there's episodes you'd like to hear, get in touch. Search Full of It Wine Pod or me, Timothy Giles.